Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, what up, and welcome to the Triple Threat Podcast. I am DJ Shockley. Again, joining me is my man Scotty D on the other side of the mic and lots to talk about in the world of sports. I got a great question for Scotty D today. I can't wait to get it. It's a little riddle, but hopefully it don't take him too long to get it. My man Jesse Tuggle is back again for part two, where he'll drop even more great things on us and just see where his life is at today. But let's talk a little college football, jump into some of the things that are going on. So many things are going on in college football right now. The SEC came out and talked about the start of their preseason camp. going to start August 17th. The Big Ten schedule is out. They're starting their season September 3rd. But the commissioner of the Big Ten, Kevin Lawrence, came out and said, there's a caveat. Yeah, we have a date, but that doesn't mean we will start or play on that particular date. But nonetheless, the Big Ten schedule is out. Other big news around the country, UConn canceled its season. The first FBS program to opt out of the 2020 season. And when I went back and looked at some of the things that were going on in UConn, maybe they had a bunch of tests. Maybe they had a bunch of guys that were tested negative. Maybe they had some things going on on campus. Maybe they just weren't sure. But this is a school that this year was expected to play as the independent. Uh, but you went back and I looked at it, it said no student athletes had been tested positive for COVID-19 since early July. So that wasn't a big part of it. But Scotty D, one thing I look at when I when I saw this was it looked like everybody was all on board. Players, coaches, administration, everybody was cool with them canceling their season. What do you think about UConn, first off, canceling their season? And do you think there will be other schools to follow now that a FBS program like UConn said, hey, we're not going to do it. Yeah, I got to believe that there will be others. You know, this is just the first domino to fall. But I'm, I'm trying to look at, you know, pro leagues to see, kind of extrapolate that out to college football. Yeah. In baseball, you got the Marlins shut down for a little bit. Now you got the Cardinals shut down for a little bit. Right. And, and frankly, with their roster size, I feel like they were prepared for something like that. But at the same time, you got you to gotta shut things down and, and, and get everybody clean. Um, so that being said, I, yeah, I think we'll see other, other programs shut down for the year. One thing that I think is we have to really think about is their independent status. Their season may be going away because all these teams are only going to play conference games. So, right. so they may have just a, a handful of games with uh, probably other independents True. Um, that are even going to be available to them. But here, here's my other question is how much of this is money driven by college football? How much of this is we have to – make money for our schools. We got to make money for our programs. Why a lot of schools are saying they're still going to play. Yeah. I would say that that's the case for every other school except UConn right now, because UConn, this is how I feel is that they probably don't see enough 
benefit from what they for the money they will get. They're not gonna. There's I can't see that they could play a full season if yeah. no no other conferences are gonna play outside of their conference. Right. So I'm wondering if they just don't think that the risk is worth the reward if they can't, you know, uh, get a full full slate of games. Yeah. And other news of uh, about the Big Ten. Obviously, the Michigan-Ohio State game we talked about is going to be moved up to October 24th. There are a lot of other rivalry games in the Big Ten, like Indiana-Purdue. Those games are going to be moved up as well. So that's another conversation I think people in that that area definitely want to talk about when it comes to Big Ten football. And also, Pac-12 came out earlier in the week. Big Ten now has joined it. They All those players, not all of them, but a lot of the players in those particular conferences have formed unity groups, and they have – List of demands, Pac-12 players are talking about sitting out the entire season. Now Big Ten has come in and they form uh, some of their uh, different programs. And one guy who has already said he's opting out is Minnesota receiver Rashad Bateman. He's a potential first-rounder, big receiver from Minnesota, big-time player. Last year he had 60 receptions for 1,200 yards, 11 TDs. This guy averaged 20 yards a catch. Now imagine – one of a, a high-profile player like him in mm-hmm. college football saying he's opting out. Yeah. How many other players will fall suit, you think, after watching a guy like that who, of course, looks like he has NFL talent and will be made it to the NFL? Yeah. But do you see other guys possibly doing this, even if they don't have maybe the talent to make it to the National Football League? Yeah, I, I, I think you could see. I don't think it's going to be a landslide of players doing this, though, because I think I think what you may see more of, or at least the thought process of more players, will be, hey, I can improve my draft status if, right. if some of these top guys aren't going to play. Right. If I'm a second-round guy, I want to, if I'm projected second-round and I want to be a first-round, I can go out, I, I need to go out there and ball out and, and, and you know, improve my status. Right. So – one big-time player already opting out of college football. We, I just brought up Pac-12 players and Big Ten players form uni groups, and the Big Ten came out, and they had their list of demands uh, that they put, proposed to everybody. And one is uh, they want a mandate for athletic personnel to report suspected violations. They want whistleblower protection for athletic personnel and college athletes reporting a suspected violation. They want to ban the use of the COVID-19 liability waivers. Scotty, we were talking about it before. I know that was something that was kind of strong for you. Don't think that will happen. They also want to have third-party approved by players administer COVID-19 testing and enforce all those safety standards. And they also want to preserve athletic eligibility, scholarship, roster spot for any player who opts out of athletic participation or is unable to play more than 40% of their scheduled season due to COVID-19. And they also want coverage for all out-of-pocket medical expenses related to COVID-19. Now, the Big Ten, a lot of their demands had to deal with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Pac-12 earlier, they wanted a little bit more. They wanted revenue sharing. They wanted all kind of other things along with the COVID-19 testing. But what do you think of some of these demands of some of these players? Now, you know, personally, I commend these guys yeah. because they're stepping up. They're using their voice. And if any time in the world, any time – in a place where we're at right now where these college athletes can use their voice is right now. Because yeah. I remember when I was coming out, there's no way I thought about kind of going against my coaches or mm-hmm. going against NCAA with fear of possibly, well, one, not playing, losing playing time, yeah. losing your scholarship. All that kind of stuff went into my mind. But now in the day and age we are in yeah. now, I think now I give these guys a lot of credit and a lot of kudos for stepping up to the plate and saying – I'm not going to live for this. Yeah. I'm not going to 
put myself in jeopardy to play football, which is a sport that I love. Most of these guys are probably in positions where they're looking to play in the National Football sure. League. Or I went back to what if this was my senior year where this was my first chance to start? Yeah. How would I feel? You know what that's like? Do I wanna <laughs> do I wanna be one of those guys that said, Man, I wanna sit out because I wanna worry about these different issues are going on? Or do I say, Hey, this is my first time. Yeah. This is my chance to play right. major college football. So there are a lot of decisions for these guys, but I commend a lot of these guys for stepping up to the plate and saying, I want some change. That's real similar to what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago about the NFL players uh, opting out that that it was surprising to me that you know, um, names that I wasn't as familiar with were, were doing that. And we talked about how if you're going to be out, if you're going to be away from your team and the schedule's, and the team's going to move on, you're giving somebody the opportunity. And, and that's, I think, what you're speaking to. But, yep. you know, there, there's – I commend them because um, in the Pac-12, there's some social things they were they had in their, their demands as well. And I, I commend them for that. I, I think it's a, an onion with a lot of layers, but sure. I think that – they should also be compensated. Um, but again, I know there's a lot of nuance to that. However, that waiver ain't going to happen. The, if, if you're going to choose to play, yeah. you are not going to get university, NCAA, whoever, to not make you sign a waiver that will allow you to sue them. Right. You can't, so you can't sign it that and go back and happen. say, no. Nah, a, yeah. yeah, a lot of the <laughs> other stuff I think is cool. I think it's good. I think that they're taking their cue from pro athletes. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of a lot, you hear a lot more out of pro athletes nowadays as far as, um, you know, make taking a stand using their platform, using their their uh, exposure. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Obviously, the season is almost a month away, and uh, we talked about Big Ten, the Pac-12, the SEC. Everybody looking to start their own conference schedules and and get to plan. And we got to see how everything shakes out with COVID nineteen. So good luck to all those college players who are out there and are standing their ground. So I respect that. All right, let's move on to the National Football League where today is the day where the opt-out deadline is. Thursday at 4 p.m. is the opt-out deadline for all NFL players. Uh, The Dolphins had two of their top receivers earlier this week opt out. Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns, two of their top receivers, opted out. And now that brings the total to more than 50 players who have opted out this season. And we talked about it last week. Uh, the the amount of money you can you can potentially gain if you opt out by if it's high risk or not high risk. So uh, a lot of players are wearing that option. But today is that deadline, Thursday, 4 p.m., for NFL players to opt out. One player who I thought uh, who earlier in probably a couple months ago, back in April, Von Miller uh, had contacted virus back in April. And he came out and said he – was a player who thought about opting out because, for one, he has asthma. Mm-hmm. Another part of it is he continually has to use an inhaler in practice yep. and during games. And, you know, he lives uh, in a place where you need that inhaler right. uh, pretty much. But to hear a high-profile guy, we just talked about the kid from Minnesota, big-time receiver looking to play in the National Football League. Now you got another big-time player, Von Miller, who has thought about opting out. Mm-hmm. If a guy like that opts out, Think that opens it up for other major yes. big time uh, players in the National Football League to opt out. Von Miller said he lost 15 pounds from the virus. He said he felt effects after it, even two, three weeks after the negative test. Mm-hmm. He felt effects of the virus, and he said he's lost he lost taste and smell and his appetite during that time, and still has some issues with it. So, a lot of guys opting out. 
I think we're seeing more and more guys opt out. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out as well. Well, we'll know at the end of the day, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, we will. Another guy who I know pretty well, I know people here in Georgia know him pretty well, Matthew Stafford uh, earlier this week had a little controversy of his own, had a false positive test. He was on the COVID-19 uh, list on Tuesday, but now he's back on the active roster because of the false positive test. His wife came out and had a heartfelt post on Instagram where she talked about how uh, the school told them their kids couldn't come. People were coming up to her in the grocery store saying she was being irresponsible. So she was getting attacked from so many ways. Her kids, kids were being mean to her kids on the playground. But now it comes out he had a false positive test and he's had three negative tests since then. So a lot of things have happened with Matthew Stafford, with his family, and now a lot of guys are coming to his defense and, the uh, Detroit Lions had eight guys who were on that COVID-19 um, kind of reserve list. Um, Isaac Nada was a, another Georgia guy who was on that list, but now is off. TJ Hawkinson, Kenny Galladay, two players for uh, the nobody Detroit to catch Lions. The ball. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that situation in Detroit. But Matthew Stafford went through a lot of things this past weekend, well, this past week with that false positive test. And he's probably – one of many that uh, we haven't heard of, but he's one that has brought a light to it because of him being a quarterback and being one of the faces of the National Football League. Other news, golf this week. PGA Championship starts today. Tiger, Rory, JT in the same group going off early this morning, afternoon on Friday, so that gives Tiger enough chance to really get his body uh, ready to go for the Friday breakthrough um scotty d i know you had a little uh bet you want to throw out for the two of us but uh i'm looking forward to watching tiger go at it again this mm -hmm. week the pga championship at harding park uh we're both avid golf lovers we both love golf so i think this is will be one of the great pairings with tiger rory and jt together jt coming off the big win rory uh, a face of golf and we know what tiger has done over his time so Looking forward to watching some golf this weekend and see if, you know, Tiger could possibly compete this week in the PGA Championship. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of unknowns, I think. Rory has not been strong. Yeah. Tiger looked horrible his first time back out, and he didn't play last week, which people made a big deal of out of, but he historically doesn't play the week before a major. So it'll be interesting if he can come back, and then you yeah. got guys like DeChambeau, um, John Rahm, who, yeah. who've looked rocky lately, but they're all, you know, those are all, other than Tiger, those are all top 10 guys, so it's going to be interesting. Right. But yeah, so I think let's pick our, our let's pick two golfers and whoever's right. two golfers do the best. Um, we'll figure out some kind of uh, penalty for the loser. All right, cool. And cool. it'll probably like it'll probably be Georgia Florida related. Ooh, there you go. You <laughs> said it the right way too. I'm proud of you, Scotty D. Man, good job. Good job. Oh. Good job. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. All right, so I guess I get the first pick, right? Is that right? Yeah, Is you it, go we, first, we and I'll pick out. the next two. Okay, so with my first pick. I'm going to go with Brooks Kepka. Wow. Yes. I'm going yes. with I'm going with Brooks and here's why. Brooks hasn't played well. He's had the knee. He hasn't been as good as the Brooks Kepka, but one thing you know, Brooks shows up for the for the championship. He looked good last week. He plays he did good, pretty good in the big time tournaments and I'd like Brooks to step up this week. So, I'm always giving Brooks a chance in there. He's a hot-headed guy, but this guy can hit it with the best of them. 
and he's gonna be fiery. And he plays good in championships. So he's I'm one going of, with Brooks. He's one of my favorite golfers. Brooks is my I, first. I, pick. I like guys that uh, that don't care what other people think at all. Yeah. So well, the reason I that's why I kind of wanted you to go first because yeah. I was hoping it would put me in a, in a good spot. So I'm gonna take JT. Justin Thomas. Yeah. And uh, he, he's gonna be emotionally drained at the last week, man. That big <laughs> win last week, you know. Major. Okay. So you got you got JT Brooks. I got Brooks. You got JT. Okay. Who's your third pick? Uh, I'm gonna take. Oh, I'm gonna butcher his name. I never say it right. <laughs> Xander Shoffley. 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 Okay. And I like I always, Xander. I always say it wrong. Xander Shoffley. I yeah. like Xander. Xander's a good player, man. Like Xander. Yeah. Xander's like a consistent dude too, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Dad's his coach and all that kind of stuff. So that leaves me with a bunch of guys. I went back and forth on my man Phenal. I went yeah. back and forth with Dustin, but I'm gonna ride with a guy who can fit the golf ball on any course. It looks different, but I'm going to go with my Georgia guy. I'm going Bubba. Oh, okay. Bubba. I, that's, I thought you were going with somebody else, but okay. Uh, uh, I thought you were going with Kisner. I like Kiz, right. too. Kisner's my dude, too. But All I'm right. going with Bubba this week. Bubba. I'm going to go with the lefty. All right. Bubba, Bubba's going to be in contention for sure. Uh, so I got, I, got, I got Bubba and Brooks, two guys who are going to battle and scrap and fight. You got JT and Xander, so we'll see oh, what man. happens next week, and we'll come we got, up with something pretty cool. Yeah, we got to figure out how, how, how we're going to gator shame you. <laughs> All right. Before we get to my man JT, I always give Scotty D a, 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 a tricky question or something that makes him think a little bit. But this is just a simple riddle. I'm going to give you a little time to think about it, and we'll see, what, see, what, see, see how well you do it. All right. All right. Here's the question. If your mom had four kids, okay, okay. and their names was North, East and South, what's the name of the last kid? Yeah, let's think about it. If your mom had four kids, their name was North, South, and East. So you're already overthinking it. If you guys can see Scotty D right now, he is <laughs> deep in thought and he's overthinking it. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, buddy. It's a good riddle, man. It's a I good mean, riddle. I- so we don't have to people sit here and sit here for 10 minutes while I think more about this and uh-huh. still don't come with an answer. I'll okay. just, I'm going to say West. Okay. Okay. So but I know that's not right. You know, no, it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> so your mom had four kids, North, South, and East. What's the last kid's name? I wonder how many people have it right now. I wonder how many people are yelling it right now. Oh, Scott. You got it, dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you missed the most critical point was oh. your mom, your mom. <laughs> Thank God she named me Scott. See, see, that was simple, right? That wasn't too no, crazy, that was, was it? Yeah, it made you overthink a little bit, yeah, but it, it was it was pretty simple though. Yep. So, all right, man. The first time somebody told me that too, it got me too. So I ain't gonna lie, it took <laughs> me a little bit. All right, man. Looking forward to this next conversation, man. You guys, sit down, get some popcorn, listen to my guy Jesse Tuggo. <laughs> Because, you know, it's more than just catch, run, and tackle, right? It's a lot of, it's a lot goes into yeah. it. But that's what makes football so great, though. And another, another thing I think what makes it, it's one, the world one of the world best game, if not the best game in the world, is because, man, it's a game, it's a team sport. You know, it's, a, it's such a team sport. You know, you're only as strong as the weakest link. And and not one one person that gonna I win and lose a game for you. You know what I mean? So I guess I call it the, I call it <laughs> You're the right, it is. I mean, you, you learn so many lessons. <laughs> 
playing football and playing the team sport. And that's kind of, you know, where I want to go next. It's, well, you, you had a 14-year career. You mentioned that. But you're talking about Bob Whitfield. You played with some characters during your time. I mean, you had Brett Favre come mm-hmm. through there. You had Deion Sanders yep. on your team. I mean, talk talk about uh, yep. I mean, talk about some uh, of the characters rising. on those teams and what it was like in those locker rooms or on those practice fields with those type of dudes and that competition level okay. week in and week out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Jerry Glanville. So, man, I tell you what, we had some characters, man. It started off with it started off with I mentioned his name before, Joel Williams, who's always every day at yeah. practice, he'd give me a hard time every day. But he didn't know that I learned so much from him. But I used to study, study tapes and break down film, and, and so I watched him. But you know, a lot of your, you know, a lot of your um, listeners might not even know Joel, but mm-hmm. you Google him, you'll see his career. It started off with him. Okay, then you know, I got other like some high profile right. characters from in. Andre Rosen, unbelievable. You know who was you know he was dating uh, you know one of the yeah, um, TLC group, and that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, left eye, and they used to be at practice so a lot and all that. Practice, so I thought that was out. pretty cool. And then um, just hanging out, just hanging out, man, which is so cool. Then Jerry Glanville became our coach, and Jerry made it unbelievably unreal for everybody. Man, we used to have MC so many Hammer. country music singers at practice. But not only that, then he'll bring the rappers in. <laughs> MC Hammer used to be there all the time. And this, yeah. this, this when MC Hammer was huge. That's when, that's, you know what I mean? That's when, that's when you, you know, and him used to walk around with those big like, old uh, baggy pants, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jesse, I know you had a pair. I know you <laughs> had a pair. Yeah, I had a Listen, I remember a time when before the internet and before, you know, you can, everybody had smartphones. Everybody used to want to watch um, yeah, um, yeah. MTV, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, music television. And um, and so MC Hammer would come to our locker room and say, hey, guys, I got a new video out that's going to be playing on MTV, but I'll let y'all see it first. And then he stopped yeah. everybody in the locker room and stop and gather around yeah. the 60-inch TV, you know, put, put <laughs> in the uh, VCR. <laughs> can't even find a VCR these <laughs> days, can you? It is. And uh, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to tell you. And we would all sit back and say, man, that was so cool. And the next, then you go home and the next couple of weeks you start watching MTV and you say, hey, man, that's not a video that before it even came out. You know what I mean? And I thought that was, that, that, that was cool. And, and, and MC Hammer and Dion had a relationship where they were like best friends, man. So you know, he used to be in the locker room. And um, and that, I, that that was so cool. But then they topped it all off that we live here right. in Atlanta, so you got a lot of stars here. Um I remember when Amanda Holyfield was the world <clears throat> world champion, the biggest name in boxing other than Mike Tyson. And um, man, he'd be right on the bus with us. Then he would be in, in the locker room with us, you know. And then, you know, he talked about fighting Mike Tyson. And then, you know, you see all these guys, like, man, these are so many celebrities here. It's unbelievable. But how we attracted right, them, right. they're attracted to football. You know what uh, I mean? So they wanted to come and hang out with us. And, and I think that that what made that sport so cool and um, and I don't know if you remember the, the yeah. TV show called In, oh, in yeah. the Heat of the Night. Okay, I can remember, you know, um, that show was so popular at one point here in Georgia. It was filmed in Georgia. And I don't know if you remember the police officer mm-hmm. they called the nickname was Bubba on the show. He, he used to come to our practices, and uh, he said, yeah, man, you know, I was a high school quarterback. So one day, Jerry Flamin said, what? You're a high school quarterback? No. Okay, get in there. Stop the whole practice. Let this dude walk on the center. Let him walk on the center. <laughs> and you're like, they're calling Katie and calling plays and throwing the ball. Oh, oh wow. like, this is so crazy. 
so I think with pro football, there's a lot of gags and a lot of stuff that happened that makes it fun because, you know, we're all grown men playing a kid's sport, and we keep it. Everyone keeps You got to have fun. You know, you got to have fun with it. And um, so we had, we had a lot of fun with that. And um, so those are some top names that came through that made it pretty special, man, for everybody. And, um, man, and I thought cool. that part I mean, was real cool. Your career speaks for itself, man. Played in over 200 games, over 1,600 tackles, 14-year career. Uh, you voted into the eighth, the Atlanta Ring of Honor. Uh, you got your jersey retired in college at Vidalsa State where you were number 88. We got to talk about that. I don't know how you wore 88. And linebacker, that don't make no sense <laughs> to me. But uh, yeah, I know, retired right? your jersey. Uh, but just talk about towards the end of your career, obviously you had you know been to the Pro Bowl five times. You had tons of success. Uh, ultimately, what was – the deciding factor in saying, okay, I'm going to hang it up now. You know what, out there, the way I came into the league, and, and I would have never thought <clears throat> I would have accomplished all the things that I don't accolades just mentioned. Um, you know, coming into this league and you know, coming from Griffin, Georgia, going to Brussels State, which is in South Georgia, then playing for my favorite home team, the Atlanta Falcons. It's like, it's like a dream come true, you know, because you grew up right here in Georgia. You watched the Atlanta Falcons play, and you played at Georgia. You played for the Falcons. It's just something about, special about being that true Georgia boy that played all the sports here. And uh, so I thought that was real cool. And then um, <clears throat> that years went on, um, you know, year five, then year 10. I'm yeah. like, man, 10 years I'm still playing. And then and then I turned, I was turning 35 years old <clears throat> and um, going into my last year. And I was a little beat up and um, had a bad knee mm. and a broken thumb and a, mm. had a beat up shoulder, you know, after yeah. 16, 1700 tackles. You know what I mean? Um, because those are, you know, 1600 yeah. is my official tackles, but um, by total tackles I had in the whole nice. career were 2065. Right. And, um, and um, so, uh, so what happened was, uh, you know, my body was, was beat up. You know, I had a lot of fun playing and then, um, with would have been my 15th year, and Keith Brooking was a rising next star coming up, and um, so at that point, either I go to training camp when I, I got injured, hurt my knee again, the training camp broke my thumb, so it was tough to start the season off injured, and you know, so at that point, um, you know, Dan Reed came to me and said, "Just want you to retire." At, at that time, I didn't, wow. I wasn't really ready to retire yet, but I'm so glad I did though, but you know, yeah. I, I probably would not made it through the season. And I didn't, I didn't want any negative, anything to capture all the good things that I accomplished throughout a 14-year career to say I'm mad right. because they want me to retire in my 15th year. So I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to roll with the punches here. And I, I had a ball. I had a blast. I got a chance to play in the Super Bowl. And um, and I can remember when we, when we lost the Super Bowl, but we we're still NFC champions. The next year we went to training camp. Dan Reeves was it was in training camp. He said, "Listen, before you know, you know how you get the rings the year after." So, um, in 1999, uh, he said, "Listen, I want to get a ring to the person who built his team far longer than anyone and worked harder than anyone, a five-time Pro Bowler, and, and never and he always wanted to play in the Super Bowl and just come and get your ring." And that, and that, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, he gave me my ring first out of anybody else. So, um, so, so, you know, looking back at those days, man, you learn to appreciate all of it. And then, like, every everybody, you know, everybody want to walk away on their own terms. And 
and and because one day pro sports and sports going to end for every athlete that's playing. And um, some get doing their own terms, some don't. I don't feel like I did on my own terms, but at the same time, I wasn't mad either. So, so it turned out it's not my fifth. It would have been my fifteenth year, and then I was just fortunate enough to walk away. And you know, and look at that point. Uh, DJ, I, was, I, was, I thought I was still young. So I, I was 35. Still young, still young in the, in the nah, other day, I didn't have man. a great football day. <laughs> who, who was the toughest? Who was the toughest guy to tackle? I know. You, you had two thousand tackles, but I'm sure there was a couple that you said, "Oh man, he made me look mm-hmm. bad on tape." <laughs> Listen, you know the, the toughest guy to tackle in the world to me. It wasn't because he was 240 pounds or 250 or six foot one or six foot two. A probably guy who was five foot seven mm-hmm. and weighed about maybe one ninety. I knew it. Barry Sanders. had to be the toughest. <laughs> Listen, Barry was the toughest guy to tackle than any yeah. athlete I ever played against on any level. And um, he, when you're talking about a guy who was special to the game, special individual, you know, he retired early, but uh, but I think he would have had the all-time rushing record if he would have played long enough. But, you know, Emmitt Smith still was tough, too, now. I played against, I was fortunate mm-hmm. enough to play against so many guys, particularly a lot of Hall of Famers, guys who recently won the Hall of Fame and all this. And uh, I look at I look at the guys, right. and I played against all those guys. And um, so so, so um, I would think if I had to pick one guy or the top, all the backs from Emmitt Smith to Thurman Thomas backs. to um, – oh, wow. man, it's just so, so many. Eric Dickinson – Bettis, yeah, and all them back. I don't care. Listen, I'll say Barrett Center was the toughest pound for pound. Any toughest yeah. back I ever had to go against a tackle, pound for pound, unbelievable. I remember one play in particular where it was in Detroit, and um, and I had got a good read, man. I beat the center so quick. I'm in the backfield mm-hmm. about to hit Barry for one yard loss. He throws a move on me so yeah. quick, man. I remember they always played with one back, so he threw. He put a move on me so quick, so I fell <laughs> to the ground. I looked up. And I looked up, and I'm, so I'm, at, I'm, I'm at the back looking at his back making moves. I see him <laughs> so y'all going to be on this tape too, huh? And then and then I, I, get up, I get up off the ground. I get up off oh, the ground wow. and run and make the tackle from the back. He was Gave you a chance to get up. I was like, unbelievable. Yeah, very, very <laughs> tough, man. So, so he, that, that, man, he, was a, he was a special athlete. And uh, I, and that's so cool to you know have those type of memories against so many players that are truly Hall of Famers yeah. and change the game, you know. So, you know, those memories will last a lifetime. Jason, we talked about some of the injuries you had. You talked about you know towards your last year you had three, four different injuries. Uh, I've seen you the past couple of years. You just had a knee replacement, and obviously you had yep. all those tackles. You you know constantly pounding. Now in the day and age where everybody's talking about concussions, everybody's talking about I don't know mm-hmm. if I want my son to play football. How are you mm-hmm. doing physically and how are you doing mentally as well? I mean, as we talk to you right. now, I mean, you're sharp as a tack, but I yeah, know because <laughs> of all the things you've gone through, obviously yeah. the, the physical elements are there, but how oh, yeah. are you physically and mentally, you know, this yeah. many years you know, removed from have, the game? You know what? I'm 55 years old and, um, and I can complain a lot. You know, obviously, you know, being an ex-athlete, I got a lot of bumps and bruises and you know, you're dealing with the concussions and stuff, and you have some memory loss there. And the physically, you know, I still got a bad shoulder, and I got authorized in my thumb and my knees. And um, and sound like you know, two years ago, you know, I, you you saw me when I was going through that uh, knee replacement, right. and then I had a staph infection, almost lost my leg. 
So, it, you know, it took me normally take two or three months to recover from a knee replacement. It took me almost 16 months. You know what I mean? Wow. It took almost a year wow. and a half. And it was, it was unbelievable. Wow. And, um, but made it through that. So as we get older, you know, you got the bumps and bruises from the game. And, but if you, you ask me or you ask any athlete who played, would you, would you change anything? Would you not play? So I tell all the parents right here, you know, you can get hurt and damaged in anything in life. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But if you got a passion to play a sport, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't live in regret and say, I should have, would have, could have. When you, when you have an opportunity and your kid got opportunity, you always, and the game is getting safer. The game is getting safer. But the competitive nature of the game, you know, is not only going to help him on the playing field, but it's going to help him away from the playing field as well. Right. Now, this is the ultimate team sport. You know, no matter if you go in business, you go. It's a team effort. Right. What you do right now, with everything you learned from being a quarterback, this thing, how much leadership and how much for your career is right now, and how much you learned from high school to college to the pros, just being a quarterback, you know, being the leader of young men. And you know, in the huddle, it just—it just that it so much goes into it that um, that I don't. If a person had an opportunity to do it, I wouldn't want them to miss out. Awesome. Yeah, and then, and so a parent look at gotta look at the big spectrum of the whole thing and say, you know, it is tough. If, if I worry about each and everything, it's just like when your kid first get his driver's license. You're like, man, I, if it was a parent, she's like, I don't know, I don't want my child to ever drive. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> right. it's not realistic. <laughs> right. You know, so yeah. So it does that. You got to be, you know, you teach them the safety part of the game. And I think when you learn early, and you know how DJ, if you learn the game early, you know how to protect yourself, right? Right. right. You right. know how to protect yourself early. And that, and those lessons, and like anything, any other sports, you know, once you put those years in, you know, you can't, you can't, um, if a person, say, at 10 years old, he wanted to start playing when he was 15, those five years, you can't make them five years back up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you learn so much each and every year. So start early so you can learn it, learn it. You know, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, any other sport, let them start early. And then all of a sudden, by the time they're in high school, you'll know and they would know whether they want to have an opportunity to play in college or not. But even if the kids who all the, I think all the athletes who never played in college, not only in NFL but in college, that that experience in high school, that memory lasts a lifetime. Right. I still remember some of my high school game last a lifetime. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to take that from any individual. And then if you're fortunate enough to go to college what you experienced and I experienced, it just it, those memories just last forever. And yeah. um whether you win, lose, or draw, I mean, everybody want to win. Everybody. Sure. It ain't even more special when you win. But if you don't, it's just that experience of competing at a high level or competing with anybody. Because throughout your life, you're always going to compete with somebody. Yeah. And um, so I think, I tell young people, and young, particularly young parents, let your kid play. I mean, mm-hmm. you, once you teach them how to be safe, the game got safer. And, um Go for it. Go for it. It's a great game. <laughs> well said, man. Hey, you talk about kids. Uh, you, your two sons, Justin and mm-hmm. and, and Grady. Uh, yep. Talk about that experience of first watching both of them yep. play in college and then seeing yep. Grady with all the success he's having now with the Falcons. Uh, obviously, obviously they got some good genes. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but 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 talk yep. about but just talk uh, about the the fulfillment you get watching your two sons okay. play on the okay. highest levels. You know what? And I think he said it all right there, man. You know, I am so proud of both of them. You know, 
And, and sometimes, you know, guys, some guys I played with and played against, I said, man, how do you get both your boys played in the NFL? You know what I mean? <laughs> both of them be professional athletes. Mm-hmm. And it, was just, it was just so funny how they just loved the game. And, you know, as kids, they were always competitive, number one. Um, and and it, it's funny that sometimes as a parent, because I did this for a living, because I got pictures of Jared with me, and Justin with me right. and Jessica with me, all of them sitting right there with me, you know, and we were walking on the field at a Falcon game. And obviously Justin the oldest and, and Jared actually at this time, he was like two inches shorter than my daughter, Jessica. Now, who would have thought you, wow. you fast forward 22 years from that and that he, he'll be an Atlanta Falcon and not only be a Falcon, but we wanted to start players. And uh, on that same field, he walked on when he was a kid and watched mm. me play. Um, you know, things like that, you, you don't you don't take them for granted, you know. And I think the biggest – one of the things that I, I always remember was, because, you know, Justin was a former quarterback that played – that made it to the NFL as a linebacker, and um, and not many people can do that. You know what no. I mean? You can change over and do that. But the Kansas State the quarterback come out as a linebacker, played for Houston Texans for three years. And I can remember, I think it was Justin last year with the Texans. They played the Falcons here yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was starting in rotation a little bit. And it was Jared rookie year. So he he was sitting on the sideline some. But he was, um, you know, you know how you do the rookies. You know, he on the kickoff return team, <laughs> yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. But he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the star player that he is now. And so after the game, they exchanged jerseys, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and then also at that game, during the second quarter, they had um, they had a, a Jesse Tuggle day where they gave me, you know, uh, made it my day right there, you know, and and the, both of my sons was on both sidelines. Wow! And and wow, so there. that was so special to me because you know they both right there playing against each other. I'm there, and and, and you know and I speak and I speak so highly of the Falcons because. Um, you know, they didn't have to do that, but at, half, at the second quarter, they made a special announcement for me to come out there on the field. Mm. And um, and that was, I thought that was real cool, man. man you know, that's... that was real cool. So, so you got, you got a couple of generations of kids there down there. Um, so now, even now, with Justin up in the CFL, you know, he, you know he'd have been the uh, you know, one win great cup, been, been the two. And in the same time, when the Atlanta Falcons went to the Super Bowl, um, Justin had just won the Great Cup the year before. I'm like, what are my chances of my son in another country winning the Great Cup? And then mm-hmm. next year, uh, within the following year, my other son win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Think about that, man. Just, just for them, just for them to play in the, both of those, those are the biggest game in both of those countries. Right. And um, so it, it meant a lot to me, you know. And 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 their, um, you know, their, their best friends, you know, their brothers, their best friends. That's pretty cool. Um, and. Um, and the, and the coolest part is you know, they always text each other, you know, on the success they have. And there's no animosity there. You know what I mean? Yeah. They grew up in the same household, but at the same time, they, they, the love is still there. And, it, and it's cool. And, I, you know, I, I can appreciate it all. Then, you know, then I got a daughter who I always tease and say, man, she was a boy. She'd been more athletic. She was, she was <laughs> better than both of y'all. I'm right there. <laughs> so, so I've been fortunate enough, man, with, with the three of them just to – you know, because you know she played college tennis and was still two-time state champion in high school and track. So that that's kind of stuff like that. Um, you know, it's almost like a dream come true when an athlete, you know, have kids who are athletic, 
and and they're successful. And and that's all as a parent, it's all we want. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they didn't get the opportunity to play in the pros, mm-hmm. you want them to be good, smart people, adults, and um and 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 even off the field, I'm just proud of them off the field as I am with them. All the thing, all the accolades they accomplished on the field. And I think your fan base, they probably don't get to know and see like a lot of stuff with, with me and Grady or me and, uh, me and Justin. And, and it's because I live my life in the public life so much and I've been retired and I let them do that thing. You know what I mean? And yeah. I just sit back yeah. and cheer from them from the press, you know, <laughs> cheer from them from the suites. Yeah, no wrong with that. <laughs> so it's it good, it good it's sweet life. <laughs> so, so that's pretty cool, man. I am, um, and I'm very happy and very proud of them. And um, I think both both of them still got a long career ahead of them. So um, uh, I'm just hoping that we can get that get them Falcons back to the Super Bowl. Though that that's yeah. my ultimate dream right now because yeah. it's just like a parent or, or even a former player that played when your team get an opportunity to be successful. You, it's something inside of you that burns just like it used to burn when you was a player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you want you want it just as bad. You right? Exactly right. Exactly right. So. So all is good, man. I've been very fortunate. And, and plus, to top it all off, EJ, you know it's better than me. We're right at home, man. We live here. Right. This is, Georgia right. is our home, man. And, right. and, and why not cheer on the birds? And um, so I'm going to ever be not only an ex-Falcon, but a Falcon fan as well. Awesome, man. You know what? It's, your story is one that, you know, I don't think, you know, a lot of people – We'll, we'll look at it and say, man, I didn't know he went through so much. I didn't know he had all this going on. But it, it's it's great to see where you've gone in your life and the things that are important to you. And you, you can hear in your voice what's most important when you start mm-hmm. talking about your kids. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Before I let you go, man, obviously I want to ask you about some of the stuff you're doing now. Uh, I, know, right. I know about all the honey-do lists and, you know, you, <laughs> you, you – you getting your butt whooped by me in golf, but what else? What else? What else keeps Jesse the Hammer Tuggle busy these days? You know what, man? You're not gonna be this by my grandparents. <clears throat> I got a two-year-old grandson. Oh man, Granddaddy which is, which is Hammer! Awesome. Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and, and so I never thought being a grandparent would feel the way it feels. And we just spent two weeks with him and Justin at the lake. Nice. And uh, it was awesome, man. You know, it's just so awesome. So. I'm just fortunate enough that I'm able to do things physically and still mentally, and, and, you know, just to move around yeah. and enjoy life a little bit. Um, you know, I like playing golf maybe once or twice a week, but mostly I'm, I'm most most one of the laid back people that you probably can imagine. You know, mm-hmm. since my, you know, my mom, my parents, well, my mom, I lost my dad, my mom still lives in Griffin, so I, you know, I get down there and see her, and I'm helping her out a lot. And so I'm just been in a position where I'm able to help a lot of people and uh, and just maintain it's a regular lifestyle, man. You know, just enjoying yeah. life a little bit, yeah. doing nothing crazy. Still, I feel like I tell you, I'm a big Falcon fan, so I'm hoping this season we get kicked off. I know we're in some crazy times right now, but uh, <clears throat> but I'm a big CFL fan too. So my son's up there, so I get the opportunity to look at these different sports, travel a little bit, um, you know. I tell you what, I have no complaints, man. I have no complaints. And my wife's doing well. And my wife had open like open heart surgery a few years ago. She's doing great. You know, just awesome, man. Then I met a great doctor. We met a great doctor here. We became friends. It's just, just little things that you take for granted sometimes. You know that you don't know how special it is, and then you meet the people who got extraordinary talents. Just like you have on football field, right. um, 
you know, my wife had a microbiome replacement and the best doctor in the world, in the world, not here in the Southeast, not here in Georgia, but the best doctor in the world lives right here in Atlanta. And oh. then the, 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 the tell a quick story there. <clears throat> so when she was getting ready to do the mic, it was, you know, she had a robotic surgery. So when she got ready to do it, the doctor before, a week before she went in, she had to get talk. When they went and had a consultation, we always sit and talk. And at the very end, he said, this doctor says to me, he said, Jesse, um, I, I want to mention this to you, but, you know, I'm a big Falcon fan. I, I know I know it's not professional for me to get it. I for an autograph, but, um, you know, it's pretty cool. I was like, dog, are you kidding me? I, I want it. I want to ask you for an autograph. Right, you know right, what right. I mean? Thank you, care of my I, wife I told, like this. I said, look, yeah. I told him, I said, look, it's only one superstar in this room, and it's you. That's right. what you do, That's and not too many people in the world can do it. And uh, so it makes you appreciate it on both ends, right? You yeah, know? man. So, just, yeah. you know, not only that, I think that relationship and that little comment that we just became friends after that, and, and it's been real cool, man. So, you know, all this stuff has a person, and, and as I get older, you know, 55, now I feel that, you know, you learn to appreciate the little thing, the, the smallest little thing, man, that you never thought, you know, things like being you DJ in golf. And, Not um, happy. Not you know, happy. watching that sad face lies. in your car. <laughs> Stop with the lies, Jesse. Stop with the lies. But, you know, you know, and, and, but on a serious tip, though, man, <laughs> it's like, it's like developing friendship, like our friendship. For sure. It's, just, it's For incredible. Sure. You know, like every time I see you, um, you know, as a player, you know, now as a commentator, and even when I see you on commercials, you know, I was like, that's my boy right there. You know, I, you have a sense of pride, you know, when you watch your friends be successful. Okay. So, uh, so with all that being said, man, so when you ask me to come on your podcast, man, you, you didn't have to ask me twice. You just called me up and say, hey, Hammer, <laughs> hey, man, you be ready at four o'clock, okay? <laughs> Hey, man, you know what, man? I, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you being on the show today. I mean, I, I know there's going to be tons of kids. There's going to be tons of adults who get a lot from what you said today, and I don't think a lot of people knew the story and some of the background stuff that you went through and also what made you who you are. I mean, college football Hall of Famer. I mean, come on, man. One of the guys who who did it with the best of them, one of the best middle linebackers to ever play the game, man. So I, I appreciate you jumping on with us and, you know, sharing some of those stories that, you know, I know a lot of people don't know about. So uh, I, I've always said from day one, man, you've been a quality dude, quality friend, and uh, I appreciate you coming on to the Triple Threat Podcast with your boy and, yes, sir. Uh, and, and talking to me. So I appreciate you, man, and, and thanks for joining us, man. Hey, no doubt, man. Hey, listen, I appreciate you as well, man. Hey, be safe. Look at your calendar. Let's get out of here and hit the ball a little bit, all right? <laughs> all right, Jess. Appreciate you, man. Man, thanks to my guy Jesse Tuggle for dropping in on us and dropping some gems on everybody today. Thank you for joining the Triple Threat Podcast. Remember, subscribe, follow, tell people to listen, share it, please. Triple Threat Podcast. I am DJ Shockley. We'll see you next week. Deuces. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.